Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned and unmerited favour, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. I'm just going to go straight into, into the word. A step into the mind of God. Whenever there is a God moment, don't, uh, don't be left out. Whenever there is a God moment, don't leave yourself out. The greatest thing that you can do it is to participate. The greatest thing we can do it is to participate. And I want to, I want to continue in the same spirit and talk over the next few minutes as grace is going to accord me. I want to, I just want to zero in on the influence of prayer. The influence of prayer. We've been talking about it for the last few Sundays. And we spoke about what we called the, the three P's of prayer. Beginning with the place of prayer. And we spoke about the preparation. And God giving us grace this morning, I want to conclude with the participation. The participation. The place the preparation and the participation. And maybe just to give the context of all this, we are looking at the Old Testament way of worship, particularly looking at the system that God established through Moses, the worship system that God established through Moses, particularly referring to the tabernacle way of worship. Looking at the tabernacle way of worship. If we are to go to the book of Exodus, God calls Israel out of Egypt. And on their journey, on their journey to Israel, on their journey to Canaan, God begins to talk to Moses as he calls him on Mount Sinai. And he begins to give him the details concerning how Israel was to approach God. How Israel was going to worship God. And God begins to give details concerning this place which is called the tabernacle. Somebody say the tabernacle. Now, when you look at the tabernacle, if you look on the screen, the tabernacle was the most important place in Israel. Not only the most important place, but it was the holiest place in Israel. Such that every time Israel was moving in the wilderness, the tabernacle had to be at the center of the camp. Whether they are camping or whether they are moving, the tabernacle was positioned at the center of Israel's camp at any given time, at any given time. Now, when you come to the tabernacle, there are three areas 
pertaining to the tabernacle. The first part is what is called the outer court. The outer court. Now, whenever you're coming to the tabernacle, this was the entrance, this purple curtain that you see here. That was the gate. There was only one entrance to the tabernacle. There was only one entrance to the tabernacle. So anytime you wanted to come to worship God, there was only one entrance to the tabernacle. And everything about this tabernacle, it prophetically pointed to our time. It prophetically pointed to our time, and in particular, it pointed to the man called Jesus the Christ. Not only to him, but also pointed to the church of the living God. The reason why there was only one entrance to the tabernacle, to point and to signify that there is only one way to God. That is why Jesus, when you hear him speak, he says, no one comes to the Father except through me, because there is only one entrance to the Father. There is only one gate, there is only one way that takes you to the Father. That is why Jesus can stand up and say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There was only one entrance when it comes to approaching God. And that way is the way of Jesus the Christ. The world can say there are so many ways to God. But let me tell you, according to the revelation of God's word, there is only one way to the Father. You cannot come to the Father except through Christ Jesus. And as you enter into the tabernacle, the first piece of furniture that you would see or that you would be confronted with was what was called the brazen altar or the altar of burnt offering. This is the place where sacrifices were offered. It's a place of death. It's a place of death. This is the place where the blood was shed. This is the place where forgiveness took place. The altar of burnt offering. From the altar of burnt offering, the priest would move to what we called the brazen lava, a big dish which had water where the priest would come and wash their hands and wash their feet. And from there, they would enter into the actual tabernacle itself. And the tabernacle had two compartments. The first room that you entered into was called the holy place. And the next room or the room behind the holy place was the holy of holies. And that was the most holy place in Israel. Now, when you come back into the holy place, there were three pieces of furniture that you'd find in there. This first one here was the lampstand, what was called the golden lampstand. And opposite the golden lampstand was a table here, which was called the table of shewbread. That is where they would put the bread, which was consumed by the priest that was serving in the tabernacle. And right here, that is where the altar of incense was located. 
and next to the altar of incense was a curtain or a veil which separated the holy place from the holy of holies. Which separated the holy place from the holy of holies. Now when you go past the veil and entering into the holy of holies, there was only one piece of furniture which was called the Ark of the Covenant. Now, whenever we are talking of the Ark of the Covenant, we are talking of the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant speaks of the glory of God. The Ark of the Covenant, it speaks of the throne of God. Every kingdom must have a throne. Every kingdom has a throne. Every kingdom has a throne. Now, so for Israel, because they were under, they were in the kingdom of God, the highest seat in Israel was the Ark of the Covenant. The holy place was called the dwelling place of God. That is why when God spoke to Moses in Exodus 25 verse 8, he says, tell my people to build me a dwelling place, a sanctuary a tabernacle, so that I may dwell amongst them. It was the desire of God never to live in heaven. God desired to live amongst his people. It was the desire of God. Not for you to go to heaven, but for him to come to the earth and be where you are. That is why when you come to the New Testament, we speak of Emmanuel. God with us. God amongst his people. But I like when you come to Colossians. There is a higher dimension to that. Colossians says Christ in us. He's no longer the God among us. But now in the New Testament, we are speaking of the God in us. The hope of all glory. The hope of all glory. Now, over the last few weeks, our concentration was here on the altar of incense. The altar of incense. When you look at the altar of incense, I'll just give you the picture of the altar of incense. This was what is called the altar of incense. Such that when you read the book of Exodus from chapter number 30, when God was giving details about the altar of incense, he says you must build it using acacia wood. Other versions, they say using shittim wood. This was a special type of a wood that was used to construct the altar of incense. And he says when you've done that, overlay it with gold. So every time you come to the altar, you would not see the wood. You would see the gold. But underneath there was the wood. So there are two natures. There are two kinds of materials that are used to build this altar. Simply pointing or prophetically pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, who was both man and God. Because wood speaks of humanity. Acacia wood or shitty wood, it speaks of humanity. 
And God speaks of divinity, deity. So whenever you are coming to the altar of incense, you are coming to the very presence and person of the Lord Jesus, the Christ. And we discovered that the altar of incense pointed to the ministry of intercession. The altar of incense, it pointed to the ministry or the ministration of intercession, of prayer or of worship. That is what the altar of incense stands for. Now, over the last few weeks, I think the guys have given me the wrong slide here. If I'm not mistaken. When you look at what we spoke about over the last few weeks, we spoke about the place. The place of prayer is the altar of incense. And the preparation is not done on the altar of incense. The preparation is done outside the camp. The preparation is done outside the camp. And when it comes to the preparation, the preparation happened at a place which is called the altar. Or the altar of burnt offering. I'll give you the picture of it. That was the altar of burnt offering. This is where the preparation of prayer began from. Because preparation must begin with the shedding of the blood. The preparation to prayer, it begins with the blood of Jesus the Christ. He must cleanse you through his blood. And from there, you move to the brother and lover. You must be cleansed with the waters. That is why the New Testament says, we are cleansed by the waters of the word of God. So there are two kinds of cleansings that takes place outside. Number one, we're cleansed by the blood. And number two, we're cleansed by the word or the water. These are the two kinds of cleansing that takes place. The blood cleanses you from your sins. But the word or the water, it cleanses you from self-defilement. You are forgiven, but you don't do right all the time. And you need the word to continually to cleanse you, to purify you, to make you whole. That is why it is important for a believer to throw yourself into the word again and again. Because you need daily cleansing through the word. The blood did its part. The blood played its role. It forgave you from your sins. It gave you a new identity. But the word maintains your identity. The cleansing of the word, it maintains your holiness. It maintains your righteousness in Christ Jesus. But I like the direct correlation or relationship between the altar of burnt offering and the altar of incense. There was a direct connection between them two. There's a direct connection between them two. And allow me today to speak about the participation. Somebody say the participation. Somebody say the participation. Because it's pointless to know the place of prayer and to be prepared for prayer and yet not pray. Is that clear to you, church of God? It is pointless to have the place of prayer and to know the process of preparation and eventually not get to that place 
of prayer and participate in prayer. The reason why we have to talk about this is that this is one of the most missing ingredients in the 21st century church. Prayer. 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 When I'm talking about prayer, I'm not talking about a few sentences that you make on a Sunday morning, but I'm talking about a lifestyle of prayer. Where your car now knows that the owner of this car is a praying believer. Where your house knows that uh, in here lives a prayerful woman and a prayerful man. Why? Because prayer is not something that we do because I'm in problem now. But prayer is a lifestyle to a believer. It is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It's not an ad hoc thing. Something that you do here and there. It's not something that you do when you feel like it. But prayer is the life of the priest. Prayer is the life of the priest. Now, when I'm talking about the preparation of prayer, here's what I'm saying to you. The practice of prayer creates a sweet atmosphere which influences God. I want you to mark that. That is important. The practice of prayer creates a sweet atmosphere. And that atmosphere is what influences God. Remember, I'm talking about the influence of? The influence of what? Of prayer. But what happens is when you practice prayer, the practice of prayer creates a sweet atmosphere. And it's that atmosphere which influences God. Now, when you come to Exodus chapter number 30, from verse number 34 to 35, the Lord began to give instructions to Moses. And he says to him, then the Lord said to Moses, that's Exodus 30, verse 34 to 35. Then the Lord said to Moses, take Fragrant spices. Somebody say fragrant spices. Number one, take gum raisin. Number two, take what is called onisha. Number three, take what is called galbanum. And then you take frankincense. When you have taken all these, you must take them in equal amounts. Verse number 35. And make a fragrant blend of incense. The work of a perfumer. It is to be salted. I like that. It is to be salted and pure and sacred. God is talking about the ministry of prayer. Why am I talking about these spices? Because remember, in order for you to be able to stand on the incense, on the altar of incense, you need to have incense. Yeah, You cannot stand on the altar of incense and not have the incense. So now God is giving detail. He's not leaving it to men to guess about the incense. But God is giving detailed information. Right to the dot. Take spices. Take spices. In equal amounts. And 
add salt to them. So what would happen now in Israel if I'm going to come back to, to my slides? If you're going to go back to the tabernacle of way of worship, now we, what we are concentrating on is here where you need to come to what? To offer incense before God, which is, a, which is pointing to the prayers of a believer. So for you to be able to come to this place of prayer, the Bible is saying you must go out and get the spices so that you can make incense. But while you are outside, while you're getting the incense, you must also take coals or fire from the altar of burnt offering. So what would happen is the priest will be walking from outside holding a censer. Now this is the censer here. Have you ever been to a Catholic church? Anglican church? I had the privilege of learning at, a, at an Anglican school in, in, in Blauayo with Father, Father, called Father Price, Siren Mission. And I had the privilege of, uh, I had no option. We had no option. We had to go for mass every Sunday. Yeah? Oh my goodness. God is so great. This world is so small. <laughs> I had the privilege of going to mass every Sunday. Whether I wanted or not, we had to go. It was mandatory. We had to wear uniform on a Sunday morning to go to church. School uniform to go to church. One of the things that I remember very well, I used to participate as well. You know, I, I don't know what they call it, where the little boys would go in the front with that. Yes, and, 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 and doing the smoke thing. <laughs> yeah? I, I really liked it. We enjoyed it whenever we were given the opportunity to do that. Because, you know, in FM, we don't do that. <laughs> well, the boarding school and get an opportunity to move in the front and uh, it was a... A, a, a train of, of people coming be, behind you and, uh, and, and you're doing it in front and, uh, and the whole room is filled with smoke of incense. It was emanating from there. That's where they got it from. So what that happened is the priest would take, uh, as a matter of fact, on every single day, the priest had to do this two times a day. In the morning at nine o'clock and uh, what they called evening, which was three o'clock. But during the day, the priest would have two censers, not one. They had two censers. So one censer, they would put the call, the, the, the live calls from the fire from the altar. And with the other one, that's where they would put the spices. So every morning, the priest would be carrying these censers going into the temple. And when he gets into the temple, he would go straight to the what? To the altar of incense. And then he would empty the fire on the altar of incense. He would empty the calls, the live calls, on there. And when he's done that, that's when he would throw now the, the, the spices on top of the fire. And now it is the burning now of the spices that produced a sweet smell in the temple. Ah, I like that one. It was the burning of the incense that produced a sweet atmosphere in the tabernacle. That is, that is how they came to worship. But when you look at the spices, when you look at these, these five spices that are given in Exodus chapter number 30, when you talk about the first one, the first one, it was a fragrant sap or gum. It was from a tree. 
And the second one, Onisha, it was an extract of shellfish, which was only found, the historian says, it was only found at the bottom of the Red Sea. Not easy to find. <laughs> the third one, Galbanum. Galbanum, it was a sap or a gum, which was found in rare places like Gilead. Anybody who's read anything about Gilead in the Bible? Is there, is there no balm in Gilead? Yeah. So when you talk about the Galbanum, there is a connection to healing from this spice. And then you talk about frankincense. You remember when Jesus was born, the wise men who came, they also brought what? They also brought frankincense. It was, they say it was a white in color and comes from a sap of a tree. And it had the ability to change the atmosphere. The frankincense, it is the ability to change the atmosphere. It alters the, out, the atmosphere. And the last one, they had to take salt and put it there. Remember, salt is all about influence. So the spices, they needed the influence of salt for them to be able to produce this sweet smell, this sweet perfume, this sweet fragrance. As a matter of fact, Moses calls them, these spices, they are called the sweet spices. Not sour. Sweet spices. And when Moses is talking about the, the incense, he, he identifies it as sweet fragrance or sweet, sweet incense. According to Exodus chapter number 30, he calls it the sweet fragrance or the sweet spices. They had to bring them. But when you look at all this, there are two things I want to draw to your attention. The spices were known as sweet spices. And number two, in order to use in this mixture, the spices, they had to be crushed. They had to crush them, turn them into powder. And all this is just the revelation of a man called Jesus the Christ. That is why when you come to Isaiah chapter number 58, Isaiah chapter 53 verse number 10, Isaiah 53 verse number 10, it says, it pleased God to bruise him. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. Who is being spoken about? Is Jesus the Christ. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offering and prolong his, his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his head. It pleased the Lord to crush him. In the same manner that the spices, they had to be crushed. They had to be crushed. It pleased the Lord to crush his son. So that we may be able to pray. Now, when it comes to participation, it was important for the priest to approach the altar. I think I've said a little bit about that. It was important for the priest to approach the altar of incense. Now, when you look at that word approach, approach it simply means to make a connection. To make an association. 
That's, that's what approach is. When you approach, when I, if I approach Mr. Majaya right now, I'm making a connection. I'm establishing an association. That's approach. So we cannot talk of prayer if you are not going to approach the altar of incense. We cannot talk of prayer if you are going to remain where you are. Why? Because prayer calls for a change of place. You've got to move from the outer court and enter into the holy place and approach the altar of incense. That is why James, when you read, when you read the, the New Testament, I think it's in the book of James, he says, come near to God and he will also come near to you. <laughs> so if you are going to stay where you are, and not make an approach to God. That means you are establishing a gap between you and the master. And this is the most terrible place to be as a believer. A lot of us, we're living our lives, but there is, there is no connection. The absence of prayer simply means that there is no connection between a believer and Jesus the Christ. You must approach. That is why praying is important for a believer. Why? Because you must approach the throne. You must approach the, the altar. You must come to the place of prayer. Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 16. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace so that we may find or we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It only happens when we make the connection. It only happens when we make the association. When we establish that association, that is when it happens. But where I want to draw your attention to this morning is that, remember I said, the altar of incense was made of two materials. The wood and the, and the gold. And we said the, the gold and the and the wood, they pointed to who? To Jesus Christ, who was both man and, and God. But remember when they brought the spices, they had to pour the spices on the, on the altar of incense. They had to take the fire and put the fire on the altar of incense. And then it was the smoke and the, and, and the sweet smell that was coming from the altar that was now rising up. And that smoke was rising up and beginning to fill the whole tabernacle. And even getting into the holy, holy of holies. So which means even before the priest could enter the hall of holies, their prayers were already there. Because the smoke signifies the rising up of our prayers going to the throne of God. So before the priest could enter the hall of holies, the prayers were taking them there already. When you pray, your prayers, they take you to places where perhaps you have not yet been to. Yeah? You, your, your prayers, they will take you into the Holy of Holies. Your, your prayers will take you into the very presence of God before you get there physically. Because whenever they poured the incense there and the smoke is rising up and the smoke is filling the whole room and it's, it's also going over the curtain into the Holy of Holies. That, that is the power of prayer in the life of a believer. When you pray, your prayers, they get into the presence of God. 
When you pray, your presence permeates into the Holy of Holies. That is the significance and the power of prayer. But what I like is that you have to pour the incense on the altar. And remember, so he said altar, it speaks of Jesus the Christ, the altar of incense. That is why in the New Testament, you have to pray in the name of Jesus. You have to put your incense on the altar of incense. You have to place your prayers on Jesus. Are you getting it? Your incense has to be placed nowhere else, but it has to be placed on this man. That is why the New Testament says when you pray, pray in the name of Jesus the Christ. When we pray in the name, the Father in heaven hears us. Because that is the standard of prayer. That is the protocol of prayer. So if you make your prayers, but you don't offer them on Christ Jesus, they're not going anywhere. And here is the beauty of that kind of worship. Whenever they did that, it was only the high priest who could enter into the Hall of Holies. It was only the high priest who could what? Enter the Hall of Holies. And it was only once a year when the high priest would take the censer and then now take that censer into the Hall of Holies. Now that censer was a representation of all the prayers of people that are outside the camp. It was only the high priest who could take those prayers right before the throne of God. And I really like that. Because when you come to the New Testament, we have our own high priest who is not Aaron, but we have our own high priest who is called the great high priest. And his name is Jesus the Christ. So every time you pray in the name of Jesus, what happens is that here are your prayers. And you pray. You're praying. And you come in and you place your prayers. Ah, let me use Pastor Majan. And you place your prayers on the altar of incense in the name of Jesus. You leave your prayers with Jesus. And now it is the responsibility, it is the role, the duty of the high priest to take your prayers, <laughs> not to the outer court, but to take your prayers into the holy of holies. So which means when I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, I should have the confidence that what I have prayed, God hears my prayers. Because the one who is carrying my prayers into the very presence of God, he has no disqualifications on him. He has no blemish. He has no faults. There is nothing that hinders him from entering the Holy of Holies and come and stand before the throne of God, the Ark of the Covenant. That is why it's important for you as a believer to pray in the name of Jesus. To pray in the name of Jesus. When you're doing that, you're placing your incense on the altar. You're placing your incense on the altar. Remember, there are millions of people that are outside the camp. Who are, who, who, whose prayers are, are in the hands of the high priest. And everyone is waiting outside to, for this procession to take place. Because the failure of the high priest to enter into the whole of holies, it is the failure of the whole nation. If the high priest dies before he enters the whole of holies, that means the prayers 
did not reach the Holy of Holies. They did not reach God. But thanks be to God. We have a high priest who never died along the way. We have a high priest who was able to enter into the very throne room of God. And the Bible, the New Testament says, he lives to intercede for us. So right now when you pray, your prayers, they don't go directly to God. They go to your high priest, Jesus the Christ. And it is your high priest now who takes your prayers and he removes the things that are not good. Yeah, I like that one. Is the high priest who looks at your prayer, you're praying for whatever you're praying for. He removes all the, all the things that are not right from your prayer. He's removing everything. And then when your prayer is now perfect, is the high priest now who is taking now your perfect prayer right before the throne room of God. And that is why God answers our prayers. Not because your prayer is perfect, but it was perfected by your great high priest. Your great high priest. Your great high priest. Looking to Jesus. The perfecter. Are you seeing it? Looking unto Jesus, the perfecter of our faith. And this is why confidence is very important when it comes to prayer. Because what the enemy does is, he comes and he, he wants you to vet your prayer. And he will point to the failures and the shortfalls of what? Of your prayer. But a believer who is confident in the Lord, you wait until the devil finishes talking. And you say, thank you, sir. You know what? My prayer is now in the hands of the great high priest. And he's perfecting my prayer. When he has finished perfecting my prayer, he's presenting my prayer before the very presence of God. So your confidence in prayer, it must not be in what you pray. But your confidence, it must be in the high priest. In the same way, thank you so much. In the very same way, the rest of the Israelites were outside the camp. Their confidence was in the high priest. That the high priest is going to take my prayers before God. So as a believer, your confidence must be in Christ. Whenever you go on your knees to pray, your confidence must be in Christ. When it comes to powerful prayers, it's not the eloquence of your speech. Let Christ perfect your prayer. That is why a simple prayer, even when you're going through stuff, it can change things. It's not changing things because you are powerful. It's changing things because you've got a great high priest. That is why people who have understood prayer, they are very humble. Because they know that it's not about me. It's about him. They know that even when I'm asked to pray for someone and that person gets healed or things change, they don't boss, they don't put their chest out. Ah, they remain humble because they know that the perfection of the prayer is not in their words, but it is in the high priest who has taken their prayers into the very presence of God. But can I conclude by saying, what I like about the incense is that whenever the incense was burnt, it changed the atmosphere in the tabernacle. 
It changed the atmosphere in the tabernacle. It changed the atmosphere in the tabernacle. That is why I'm saying the practice of prayer, it brings or it creates a sweet atmosphere. Can I repeat that? The practice of prayer, it creates a sweet atmosphere which influences God. It produces a, a sweet fragrance, a sweet perfume. And it's that sweet perfume which influences God. And when God is influenced, it is now the turn of God to influence your situation. That is where you see a situation beginning to change. Can I qualify that? Genesis chapter number 8, Noah comes out of the ark. And what does he do? He went before God and he offered burnt offering. And the Bible says, and the smoke rose, and it entered into the nostrils of God as sweet aroma, as a sweet fragrance. Uh, let, me, let me go out there so that you can, you can really get it. Do you mind giving me Genesis chapter 28, 8, verse number 20? Genesis chapter 8, verse number 20. Then Noah built an ark to the Lord, and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, what did he do? He sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Next verse. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma. The Lord smelled what? A pleasing aroma and said in his heart, the influence of prayer. And he said in his, in his very own heart, never. If you come from Africa, you can understand me. Never again. That's God swearing. Not, not just swearing. Never again will I kiss the ground because of humans. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again. Second time. There's power in repetition, isn't it? And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. The influence of prayer. Next part. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, they will never cease. Nothing's going to change. Next one. Then God blessed Noah. That's chapter number nine, yes. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Next one. The fear, of, the fear and dread of you who fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds in the sky, on every creature that moves along the ground and on all the fish in the sea, they are given into your hands. Can you look at the influence of prayer? God smelled this, the, the, the sweet fragrance and then from there, he began to change things. Can I challenge you, church of the living God, this morning? That if you really love the Lord your God, can I declare that now is a season for you to rise up in prayer and begin to change the atmosphere. Because when you pray, when you bear your incense, the incense changes the atmosphere in the tabernacle. If there was a bad smell in the, in the tabernacle, the moment you burn the incense, <laughs> the incense changes the atmosphere. That is the influence of prayer. Every time you go on your knees to pray, prayer changes the atmosphere. 
prayer changes the atmosphere. I'm saying prayer changes the atmosphere. That means if you don't pray, your atmosphere remains the same. When you don't pray, your atmosphere remains the same. And when your atmosphere remains the same, your situation remains the same. But when a believer prays, when a believer offers incense before the Lord, the incense will rise and the incense will fill the tabernacle, will fill the church. I'm praying and I'm trusting God for a church that prays because when a church prays, it creates an atmosphere. It creates a sweet atmosphere. It creates a sweet fragrance. It creates a sweet perfume that fills the whole church. May God give us the grace we refuse to be a church that stinks. Can I repeat that? May God give us the grace we refuse to be a church that stinks. And the reason why a church stinks is the absence of, of prayer. Of prayer. The, play, the place stinks with words. The place begins to stink with gossip. The place begins to stink with politics. It's the absence of prayer. The Holy Spirit was ministering to me and saying, you know what, sometimes you need to pull back whenever something is happening. Ask yourself, am I still connected to the altar of incense? Because when you are connected, there are some things that you will not do or say. When you're connected to the altar of incense, but the disconnection from the altar of incense, it makes you to do things that are crazy. And as a result, it creates another atmosphere. But I'm trusting God this morning that may you as a believer in 2019, may you rise up to your place of prayer. May you rise up to that place of prayer and stand before the altar of incense and change the atmosphere and create a sweet atmosphere. I remember the other time in the book of Acts, they took Peter and they put him in prison. They took Peter and they placed him where? They placed him in the prison. Uh, I can't remember the actual chapter, but uh, it, it must be somewhere in Acts chapter number 10, somewhere there. 10, chapter number 10, verse number 9 maybe. And, and it says, when Peter was in prison, the church was not feasting. When Peter was taken and was put away in prison, the church was praying. And while they were busy praying, offering incense to God, they were able to change the atmosphere. And in no time, they had a knock on the door. And they were even afraid to open the door. Not realizing that the incense has influenced God. And God has influenced the situation of Peter. Am I talking to somebody in here? The other day, Paul and Silas, they were taken and put in prison. And they began to offer incense. They began to praise God. They began to worship. That's offering incense. They began to pray. They began to offer incense. And in no time, the greatest miracle happened. The iron gates were opened. The chains, they just fell. It's the influence of prayer. Church of the living God, when we pray, we influence God. When we pray, when we offer incense, we create an atmosphere. We change our atmospheres. We change our atmospheres. I wonder what will happen in your marriage. 
if you can begin to pray and begin to alter the atmosphere and we begin to change the atmosphere i wonder what will happen at your workplace as difficult and as bad as the situation is i wonder what will happen when you begin to offer incense why because incense changes the atmosphere this is not for you to have information it is for you to practice prayer and see the power of prayer at work in your life and see the power of prayer at work in your life can you please look at somebody who's next to you and just say to them please pray yeah tell them the best way to learn about prayer is praying ah uh, i tell you when it comes to prayer you don't need a book yeah when it comes to prayer you don't need a book about prayer What you need is just to go on your knees and open your mouth and pour your heart before God. That is the best way to learn prayer. Prayer is not something that you learn in one day and say, "You know what, pastor, I prayed for 10 days. Ooh, it was my first time." All these years, pastor, I'm telling you, I've never done 10 days. I've never fasted for 10 days. It's my first time I prayed. And then you forget about it in February. You forget about it in March. You forget about it until November and your heart begins to pound in December because you're thinking that January is coming. Will I manage the prayer and fasting? Prayer is a lifestyle to a believer. Prayer is a lifestyle. Offer incense. Offer incense. As a matter of fact, Moses was instructed to say, "Go and tell Aaron, he must offer incense two times a day." He must offer incense how many times two times a day in the morning and in the evening you know sometimes this kind of horror and this kind of the devil doing whatever he wants just just try to start your day with prayer and conclude your day in prayer just just try it this is a god given prescription it's not coming from me it's prescribed by god When you come to the New Testament the believers they continued in prayer that's why 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 verse number 7 it says pray without ceasing it's a perpetual prayer it ought to be a regular prayer in the life of a believer you know your heart should become so excited when we say there's a there's a prayer on Friday you don't become one of those who says oh my goodness Friday and you start to prepare for an excuse to give to pastor in the event that is going to ask you you start to yes what am i going to say to pastor if he says i didn't see your prayer ah you have a heart to to have prayer on your heart to have prayer nowhere else but on your heart why because prayer it influences god prayer it influences god it creates an atmosphere it creates an atmosphere which influences god how many of us are ready to pray in 2019 how many of us are ready to pray in 20 how many of us are saying you know what i, I want to develop a lifestyle of prayer in 2019 when when it comes to prayer you don't offer incense for you to be seen by people uh uh-uh. uh you, you don't pray to be seen by people You don't pray to 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 draw attention to yourself. Uh-uh. Incense is for God. Yeah? Incense is offered to God. 
by the priest. When somebody saying, ah, oh, but pastor, I'm not a priest. Ah, oh, but pastor, I'm not a priest. I'm not, I'm not a pastor. Pastor, you are the pastor. We are not a pastor. So this is for you guys to pray for us. Ah, it's First Peter chapter number two, verse number nine. First Peter two, verse number nine. You are a chosen generation. Can you finish the next part? A royal what? So you're a priest. Yeah. Pastor is not the only priest in the church. Together we are believer priests. So that means if you are a priest, you, you cannot be a priest who does not stand before the altar of incense. Oh, it doesn't work. Because one of the duties of the priest is to stand before the altar and pray. You don't need anyone to police you. Pray. Make prayer one of your 2019 habits. Make prayer one of your 2019 habits. I was, I, was, I was helping someone during the course of the week, just helping them to bounce back to prayer. They came and said, Pastor, you know what? I'm struggling to pray. And I said, Father, I thank you. There's a job for me. I get excited when I get those kind of calls. Pastor, I want to pray, but I can't. I, I just, I don't have the strength. I don't need it. I tried, but it's not working. And I said, good. You know what? Every day before you go to bed, you call me, we pray together. We kickstart each other. Yeah. So every night, they call. Put the phone on the loudspeaker. I'm praying here. And I say, you pray there. And when they pray, 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 and then I slow down my prayer. I let them take off. Then the following day, I say, you know what? Tomorrow I'm not calling, but I want you to what? You're going to pray. And he says, Pastor, it's working. I feel like I'm bouncing back to my place of prayer. I say, thanks be to God. Make prayer a habit in 2019. Don't be the one who is in the habit of giving excuses. I can't pray, Pastor. Just go on your knees and say, God, I can't pray. That's prayer. Yeah? If you go on your knees and you tell God, God, I can't pray, that's prayer. But don't end there. Just say, God, now help me. And don't forget, in the name of Jesus. And in no time, you've got already three sentences. You're better off than somebody who isn't going to pray. Lord, help me. I want to pray, but oh, I feel so heavy on me. Things are not so well. Just open that mouth and tell him, that's prayer. That's prayer. You're starting to pray. Lord, help me. Lord, help. I can't do this by myself, but I want you to help me, Lord. That's prayer. You're placing your confidence in the high priest. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Somebody shout, the practice of prayer creates an atmosphere which influences God. The practice of prayer creates an atmosphere which influences God. Tell somebody who's next to you that the practice of prayer creates an atmosphere which influences God. And you know, when God is influenced by your prayers, that's when he would come in and begin to change your, your situation. Can I conclude by this? Zachariah, a man who was serving in the temple, a priest. He had no child. Advanced in age. He had no child. Advanced in age. And the Bible says, when it was his turn 
to go and offer incense, he entered the tabernacle, the temple. And as he was standing on the altar of incense, he had a visitation. Gabriel came. Yeah? That's New Testament. When Zachariah was on the altar of incense, while he was offering incense, Gabriel arrived. And Gabriel did not come to talk about church stuff. Zachariah is doing his ministry. He's saving God. But Gabriel comes in not to join in serving God, but to address personal things. I like it. I like it. He's standing on the altar. He's serving God. But God visits him there. And he says, you know what? I know your story. Everyone in heaven knows about your story. It's not just people on earth who know about your story. The whole heaven knows about your story. You don't have a child. But you know what? I've been sent from above to tell you that John is coming. <laughs> ah, I like God. I've been sent to tell you that John is coming. And Gabriel is in the, in Zachariah says, who is John? Oh, John, is, is John is your son. But I don't have a, I don't have a son. He's coming. But all this is happening where? At the altar of incense. At the place of prayer. And I thought Gabriel, when he finished that, he was going to start to talk about church business. When he finished dealing with personal stuff, he left. There are some things that will happen while you're serving God. While you're serving God, God knows your situation. Just give your heart, just be loyal to him, just serve him. He knows your situation. And I'm praying that in the seminar that he did to Zachariah, while you're serving in the host deco, while you're serving in the praise and worship team, while you're serving in the intercession, while you're serving in that department, may, may there be a divine visitation in your life. May there be a divine visitation where God comes in and is coming not to tell you more stuff about your ministry or your department, but is coming to address your personal issues. Let's rise on our feet as we close. Have you learned something this morning? Have you learned something this morning? If there's one thing that I really want you to take from this place, go home and create your atmosphere. Go home and change your atmosphere. Go to your workplace and change your atmosphere. Go to school and change the atmosphere. I just want you to take the next two, three minutes. I just want you to open your mouth and just pray to God. I want you to begin to change your atmosphere. I want you to begin to change your atmosphere. I want you to begin to practice what you are going to be doing when you are by yourself. Offering incense before God. Offering sweet incense before God. Let's pray to God. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for tuning into Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description. Until we meet again, may heaven keep smiling at you.